2: hey everybody it's monday december 11th 2023 welcome to the nfl fantasy football show it's me your man mg marcus grant joined by michael f florio Coming up on the show today, we've got the latest news from a week full of injuries. What to do if you lost C.J. Stroud or Justin Jefferson? We'll let you know. Plus, we're also breaking down some of the top performers and biggest disappointments of the week. We are mostly through week 14. We have two Monday night games this week. Two of them at the exact same time. That's weird. Um (laughs) This was not a fun week, man. Like it's already been a bad season in terms of injuries. And then we lose. I mean, we'll get to it in a little bit, but man, it's it's bad out there right now.
3: Yeah, it, it is rough. Uh, I keep saying, like, enjoy it while we have it, because there's only three more weeks of this left uh for fantasy football. But it is certainly going to be harder to navigate and to figure out because of all the injuries and and all of that. But if you're if you're in the playoffs. You got a chance this year because every team is dealing with injuries.
2: Every single team is dealing with injuries, especially at the quarterback position. Uh, It is brutal out there. We've gotten through all the buys. That's the good news. So every team's roster is available to you, even if not all their players uh, are available to you. Let's get started, though, as we normally do with some fantasy headlines and things looking bleak in Houston. C.J. Stroud left the game with a concussion. Nico Collins left early in the game on Sunday with a calf injury. Now, this is on top of the fact that Tank Dell is already out for the season with a broken fibula. It looks like it may be Davis Mills starting at quarterback. Uh, Does this mean it's over for Houston's offense in fantasy this year?
3: For as long as CJ Stroud is sidelined, yes. Um, But I guess the good news, if if quote unquote good news, is that it is a concussion. So hopefully in a week, I I wouldn't even rule out him potentially suiting up next week. Uh, We've seen players come back fast. It's going to be a monitor all week long situation. But... If and when C.J. Stroud returns, even if Nico Collins is out, I think like Noah Brown becomes a streaming option. Dalton Schultz is obviously in play when he's healthy. So it's over as long as he is sidelined. But when he comes
2: back, they're back. I So when I first saw this yesterday, I was like, it's over. I was super pessimistic. I'm like, it's a wrap. Uh, and then I started to think, well, okay, we're not going to start Davis Mills, right? We, can, we don't even have to have that conversation. But Davis Mills is going to stand back there and sling the rock. Yeah. And so maybe Noah Brown does still have some opportunity. A healthy Dalton Schultz, maybe he still has some opportunity. Like Davis Mills is probably going to, you know, he'll be a little scattershot, and he might throw some to the other team, but I think he will throw the ball a lot because they still can't run it all that well. So maybe it's not completely over, but certainly losing Nico Collins, hopefully it's not too serious. We'll see, Um, you know, not, and not having Tank Dell, it's a big blow to an offense that, Really was carrying, I think, a lot of fantasy teams. And
3: so let's say he's back for the fantasy semifinals and you make it there. The The Texans played the Browns in week 16 and they the Browns and the Jets are the two secondaries allowing the fewest passing yards this year as poorly because look, he got hurt late in that game. He struggled against the Jets defense. I know we'll talk about it in two weeks, but like right now, I think it's OK to get a contingency plan for that week, even if you have CJ Stroud.
2: Yeah, it's probably a a good thing at this point. Hopefully, uh, this is a short-term issue for both him and Collins. We'll see. Uh, But just to go from being so awesome to just losing everybody uh, that was getting it done for you is is disappointing. Um, Justin Jefferson, grand opening, grand closing. He comes back after missing several weeks with a hamstring injury. And he was not out there very long before he took a wicked shot and had to leave the game with a chest injury. Now, he went to the hospital, was released, was able to fly home from Vegas to Minnesota with the team, and head coach Kevin O'Connell is trying to be optimistic. Now, we have very little information about this right now, but it's a short week for the Vikings. They play on Saturday, so it may not be possible for Jefferson to get ready. And then at that point, I mean, what do they do with him? I mean, he's already been out. They're still sort of hanging around playoff contention. What are we doing with him right now?
3: I, I think you have to just hold him unless we hear that he's going on IR or something like that. And that that would re- end his fantasy season because there's only three games left. IR is a minimum of four. Um, But if if there is a chance that Justin Jefferson can come back in the fantasy playoffs, he is so good that I think you have to hold him. And I think, that there is a strong chance of that because as of right now, the Vikings are the sixth seed in the NFC Uh, and and depending whether the Packers lose or not on Monday night football, they are going to be a top seven seed. So they are very much so in the thick of things for a playoff spot. I, I think that alone might lead them to kind of not put him on IR just in case he could come back.
2: It was interesting because six weeks ago, right? Jefferson gets hurt. Then Kirk cousins goes down and we were sort of saying, well, do the Vikings even bring him back? And they, you know, they were sort of fading out of out of contention. We thought maybe they would just shut him down. Then Josh Dobbs shows up. They win a few games. They're still kind of hanging around in this. And Jefferson comes back. Now he's hurt again. Um, I, look, if you've made it to this point in the season, you've figured out how to work around him. The difference being before he was on IR. So if you had an IR spot on your roster, you could use that and free up something now You may just have to take up a spot on your bench, at least until we get some more clarification uh, about his situation. Closer to where we currently are, Justin Herbert suffers a thumb injury uh, on Monday. Head coach Brandon Staley said Herbert will be seeing a few hand specialists. Don't have any further update on his status. The Chargers play on Thursday night football. And as of now, it looks like it's going to be a marquee matchup of Easton stick and Aiden O'Connell. Yay. Get excited. Get fired up. Sure, Bezos is thrilled that he's paying money for this. Um, <laughs> Keenan Allen, we're still starting Keenan Allen because he is Keenan Allen. Can we trust anybody else in the passing game after that? Uh, I'm gonna say Austin Eckler because he's an extension of the passing
3: game a little <laughs> bit. Uh, we'll talk more about him uh, a little bit. I still think I, I have to go through uh, and and see how the Easton stick targets were were distributed, but I still think. Gerald Everett is in play as a streaming tight end. He had eight targets yesterday, uh, gave you nine fantasy points, which for a tight end is, is a pretty safe outing, and they have a favorable schedule moving forward. I don't want to do the Quentin Johnson thing just yet, but I think it, we have to also point out that the last two weeks, he has looked better in his top double-digit fantasy points in each.
2: Yeah, I, I think I've noticed that they really are manufacturing ways to get him the football because he was struggling to get open and earn targets. So now there's going to run you know, tunnel screens with him. they There's going to find ways to get the football in his hands and, and let him be athletic. He's good after the catch. It's the catching part that has been a problem for him. So uh, he's definitely in play. I mean, obviously, the ceiling is lower with Easton Stick at quarterback. I would say that, you know, because it's on a Thursday night, especially like if you can avoid Quentin Johnson, if you can avoid Gerald Everett, maybe yeah. you do that. Um, Alan Eckler still very much in play, uh, even though the quarterback situation is a problem. So those are some of the things we are finding out and we're trying to learn more about. But meanwhile, we have a few things that we did learn from week 14. What is something that you took away from what you saw?
3: Cooper Cup is still... Cooper Cup, and he is starting to look like Cooper Cup once again. Uh, Healthy. That's what we need. He clearly was not healthy for a a stretch after we thought he might miss multiple games, and he didn't miss any time, but it clearly was showing up on the box score with the results we were getting out of him. Team high, 10 targets this past week, 8 catches, 115 yards, and a touchdown. Before that touchdown catch, he just missed one as well on a long play. Look, Puka Nakua is on pace to literally tie... Jamar Chase's rookie record. He has, he's fourth most through this uh, many games in someone's career. They are both absolute must starts uh, moving forward. And I know a lot of you for weeks now have been like, what do I do with Cooper Cup? What do I do with Puka Nakua? The Rams passing attack is playing their best football of the
2: season right now. You start him with confidence. You start those guys. I mean, and basically the passing game funnels through them almost exclusively, uh, especially with, uh, you know, Tutu Atwell getting injured and you'll see what the situation is with him. He suffered a concussion last week, but it's pretty much the Nakua and cup show. The fact that Cooper cup bounced back uh, into that string of six straight games with less than 50 yards is definitely uh, encouraging for me you can still count on the Jets, at least the Jets that you were already counting on, right? Any fears we've got about Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson because of the rotating door at quarterback and Zach Wilson coming back, I think you can sort of put those to bed, especially after what we saw on Sunday against the Texans. Both guys went over 100 scrimmage yards. Brees Hall had the touchdown uh, on a catch there. It just is sort of encouraging to know that, look, for as bad as things are with this offense and coming into week 14, they had the third fewest points scored in the NFL before they dropped 30, shockingly, uh, on the Texans. <laughs> but we can still sort of believe in them. So I think at this point we can stop trying to figure out, like, oh, no, what's it going to mean to have Zach Wilson there or even Tim Boyle? Those two guys are the ones getting the football. So we can just sort of let this be. We can ride out with them.
3: I, I want to give credit to Zach Wilson. Like, he did say after the game, like, I went out there and I just played my game. I'm not letting the coaches talk again in my ear anymore. And he played his arguably the best
2: game as a pro that he has played. So basically, he's just like, F it. I'm just going to do my thing. Like, which props to him. I love that approach. Props to him, because obviously the other thing wasn't working. You do what makes you comfortable, Zach. Um, What else did you learn about this weekend?
3: That I think you could start Isaiah Likely in the fantasy playoffs. And he is someone that we have been highlighting on this show and and in other places uh, about grabbing up the waiver wire and streaming and all that. And we've now seen two games uh, for Likely without Mark Andrews. Six targets, eight fantasy points in the first one. And then yesterday, he gave you seven targets, five catches, 83 yards, and a touchdown for almost 20 fantasy points. I think we have now seen the floor. We have now seen the ceiling. I would expect most weeks to be somewhere in the middle of eight and 20 fantasy points, but he now is showing us he is a a Floor a high ceiling that's all we could ask for for a fantasy tight end. So, especially one tied to one of these the best offenses in football, you want to start that player,
2: yeah. I mean, look, he I think somebody posted that basically Isaiah likely is like 90% Mark Andrews, right? <laughs> Which that's pretty dang good, man. When you look at the tight end position, so he is worth starting, I think, pretty much every week. Uh, my last one the pastronaut has crashed and the Vikings offense is burning. It has not been a good run for Josh Dobbs over the last few weeks. Uh, he went through a stretch where he went three weeks with twenty more than 20 points, was averaging about 22 points or so a game. The last three games he has played, that average has dropped to like 8.7 points per game. He's got two touchdown passes, five interceptions over his last three games, three straight with fewer than 225 yards. Some of it's not his fault. The Vikings are having issues with drops. That is a problem, but some of it is just that he has not been accurate and he's just not really adjusted to the Minnesota offense the way he did to the Arizona offense. And so uh, we'll see what the situation is with Justin Jefferson, how long he might be out. I Look, there's still TJ Hawkins and there's still Jordan Addison, um, but it's getting kind of bleak, especially if they have to go to Nick Mullins for an extended period of time.
3: you're never going to sit TJ Hawkinson because tight end,
2: but it might be time to get away from Jordan Addison. We'll see uh, what happens. Of course, they play on Saturday night. Uh, We're just getting started here. We're going to talk some more about Sunday and the top performers that we saw plus some of the guys who left us disappointed. That's next on the NFL Fantasy Football Show.
0: Now is the time to accelerate innovation.
2: The Saturday showdown is back this week with an exclusive triple-header live on NFL Network. Watch Vikings Bengals at 1 p.m. Eastern, followed by Steelers Colts and Broncos Lions in primetime. Saturday, December 16th, only on NFL Network and streaming on NFL Plus. Time to take a look at the top performers for week 14. Still two Monday night games to come, but Lamar Jackson getting it done in overtime against the Rams. 316 passing yards, three touchdowns, also 70 rushing yards, nearly 32 points there. Ezekiel Elliott, your number one running back, going back to Thursday night with 27 points for Zeke, which I believe is higher than Ramondre has had in any single game uh, so far this season. I know it's higher than Tony Pollard has had in a single game this season for sure. Uh, Debo Samuel, Doing it again. 34 points for Debo, uh, a receiving touchdown and a rushing touchdown as well. Evan Ingram apparently just broken the seal. Now all he does is score touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> 11 for 95 and two tutties this week. 32 and a half points. Brandon Aubrey, who was just a machine. Uh, take that, all you hashtag band kickers people. Still love you, Jake Seeley. Uh, Four <laughs> field goals, three extra points, 21 points for him and the Saints defense. Four sacks, two fumble recoveries, a touchdown, and just six points allowed. 21 fantasy points there. Uh, let's talk about some of the guys who may or may not have made that list that you just saw on your screen. The first one, Denniston Moore Jr., who apparently is pretty good when he's got his QB1 with him.
3: Yeah. Coming into this game, he had been averaging over 22 fantasy points per game with Justin Fields this year and 13 or more in all but one. Uh, he gave you a light 26.8 this week and... Look at, like, he already has tied his career high with seven touchdowns. He is 120 yards away from setting a new career high there. He is having a career year. He is the wide receiver one that we always dreamed that he could be with a competent quarterback. Him and Justin Fields, when they are both healthy and active, I mean, they are both just putting up fantasy numbers right now i know they have a tough matchup next week against the browns a really stingy secondary there's
2: no way you're not starting dj Moore in that matchup. no he's just been so good with justin fields he even wasn't terrible with tyson Bajant. yeah uh but he's he's that much better with justin fields uh speaking of backup quarterbacks jake browning who hey look he did it again and when we saw joe burrow go down for the season we figured, okay, well, it's pretty much a wrap. I mean, we were saying, you know, you could probably move on from T. Higgins. Jamar Chase takes a big hit, but 275 yards, two touchdowns, uh, 23, almost 24 fantasy points. It's a couple of weeks in a row, though, where he's put up good fantasy numbers and he's spreading the ball around. Last week, it was a lot of Jamar Chase. This week, T. Higgins uh, gets a lot of work. Chase Brown has the big, long catch and run for a touchdown. So Browning is looking more comfortable. He's spreading the football around. He's getting a lot of his playmakers involved. And whereas a couple of weeks ago, we figured maybe it was a wrap on the Bengals for fantasy, now we can feel a little bit more confident. Now, next week, they play the Vikings, which is sort of a middle-of-the-road matchup. They've been kind of so-so against passing games. But if you're looking to stream you've Lost Justin Herbert. If maybe you don't have CJ Stroud this week, uh, Jake Browning is in play to be a streamer for a lot of people.
3: Highest completion percentage through first three starts in since 1950. Amazing Pe- people on Twitter are like, Can I start him over Patrick Mahomes?
2: I uh, that I don't know if I, I would don't have do. the stones to do I that just not. yet, <laughs> but but look, we're talking about it here. Uh, apparently, the Buffalo Bills talked about how to use James Cook, and I like the results. I'm happy with this. James Cook is. A really good running
3: back. He has made them look so foolish for the usage early on in this year and for the two dumb benchings that he got earlier this year. Uh, 45% of the snaps this past week, 10 carries, 5 targets, 25 fantasy points. His touchdown catch was one that not many running backs can make. Uh, 25 fantasy points yesterday in three games since Joe Brady has taken over as the OC. 20.1 fantasy points per game with at least 16 in each. He is, I I think you could call him an RB one moving forward, but either way he is once again, a player because in the middle of the year, he was someone that was, people were like, can I sit James cook? Now he is back to someone that you
2: just start each and every week. You know, it just feels like too like the issues with James cook. Haven't really been with James cook. It's like, coaches or you mentioned the benchings just like you know the guy has one fumble and all of a sudden he goes to the bench for half a game uh they keep using Latavius Murray like this just doesn't feel like a James Cook problem this feels like I don't know if he and Sean McDermott you know had a heated game of Battleship and they just you know didn't want to play him or something I can't figure it out good game style good game style which I finally watched that show by the way did you like it uh it's entertaining that's what I thought way more entertaining than I thought it would be uh, all right. Uh, speaking of entertaining, Drake London had a game that was entertaining. And look, man, we spent a lot of time hammering Arthur Smith on this show. We're not the only ones. But <laughs> the fact is, the last few weeks, the playmakers are getting involved. Bijan Robinson starting to see more work. Drake London, who had that ridiculous catch. But 10 catches, 172 yards. I just I'm thrilled to see it. Kyle Pitts had a touchdown. The Falcons are getting their playmakers involved. It only took 14 weeks, and for them to be just barely hanging on to the top of the division. I, look, I don't know if this continues, but let's just enjoy it while it is here. Because you know, London was a guy that we had expectations for. We thought he's going to be a high-end wide receiver too. The offense has sort of kept him down, but you know, at least for one week, he he balled out. So thank goodness for that. Um, it's been a slog for Austin Eckler, so that's why yesterday was kind of nice to see.
3: Yeah, and a lot of people were, were wanting to jump ship this week, with especially when the rumors of the hot hand approach came out. They did go hot hand, because in the first half, they, the carries were split almost evenly between Eckler, Spiller, and Josh Kelly. You know who emerges as a hot hand? Austin Eckler, because he is the best running back on that team. Uh, still, even if he's hurt, whatever, he is by far their best option in that backfield. Played over 70% of the snaps, 10 carries, 7 targets, 21 fantasy points, and I think you just ride out with him the rest of the way. Even if it's not Justin Herbert, I think we'll get a bunch of dump-offs to him. They get the Raiders next week on a short week. You're playing him in that matchup. Then they get the Bills who struggle mightily against pass catching backs. You're, You're playing him in that one. And then he ends the season against the Broncos, who he just had a big game against. You're playing him in that one. So you are going down with the ship
2: one way or another. Maybe he's going to lead you to a ship. We don't know. We have to watch and see. I mean, look, start all your running backs against the Raiders. Even in that offensively challenged game they played yesterday, Alexander Madison had 66 rushing yards on 10 carries. So uh, it's worth sticking with Austin Eckler at this point, even if they're doing this quote unquote hot hand approach. Um, Once upon a time, Evan Ingram could never score touchdowns. Now Evan Ingram scores all of the touchdowns. He had one last week. He had two again this week. And it just sort of is reinforcing my belief that touchdowns are fickle beasts, right? Mm -hmm. But he was always getting targets. He was always involved in the passing game. And I think even at some point, Trevor Lawrence acknowledged that Hey, we got to get this guy a touchdown. Like he's doing so much for this offense. We got to find a way to get him into the end zone. And now, uh, he's he's like a Costco player, right? He's scoring touchdowns in bulk. It's it's just re it's reassuring to see that, you know. And he's been hanging around in the top 10 of tight ends all year long, even if it wasn't particularly sexy. Now the bigger numbers are starting to come, so uh, let's just let's be happy for Evan Ingram there. So, I, I will
3: say I was off of Evan Ingram this <laughs> week because of the matchup against the Browns. He has another tough matchup next week. It doesn't
2: matter. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The, the target numbers are, are happening for him. Uh, those are the guys we liked. How about the guys who frustrated us? And the sun god it just it's been cloudy for the last couple of weeks for the sun god.
3: Yeah, yesterday, just 21 yards for Amon Ross St. Brown. He uh, first game this year in single-digit fantasy points, but like Marcus said, he's been under 50 two weeks in a row now. Uh, You're not overreacting to this. I know next week is a really tough matchup against the Broncos. You you still absolutely have to start Amon Ross St. Brown. It's worth pointing out. uh, One, yesterday was a road game in cold weather for Jared Goff, and he never plays well in those. But two, the Bears have given... The Lions, they're two toughest, like at least stat-wise, the passing numbers, Their two worst games this year have come against the Bears. So I'm willing to kind of, these are division games. These teams know each other very well. I'm going to look past this. You're starting Amon Ross St. Brown each and every week.
2: Just like you're starting Mike Evans each and every week. And it was not a good week for Mike Evans. I mean, he had just the one catch uh, on Sunday for six yards. But he did have six targets, or one catch for eight yards, I should say. He did have six targets, which... And look, they're they're still trying to get him the football. It was not the big weeks we were used to seeing. He didn't have the eight to 10 targets like he had most of the year. Um, It just was a weird game. They went back and forth. I think both teams maybe had a claim to winning it. Both teams sort of gave it away at the end. I'm not really worried long-term about Mike Evans. We've seen what he and Baker Mayfield could do. This just happened to be a hiccup. Hopefully it did not cost you a playoff spot, but uh, all is well. If you survive and you're playing again next week, Mike Evans is going to be back in your lineup next week. That'll do it for this edition of the NFL fantasy football show. Be sure to listen tomorrow. We're answering your questions. Plus Matt Okada is going to drop by with his top waiver wire targets of the week. Stay happy, safe and healthy, do good and live well. And we'll talk to you again real soon.
0: take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget remember if you or a loved one has a gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services
3: what's out there is unknown so at UC San Diego out we go
2: because to take on the challenges of the here and now you've got to get your feet wet your eyes open and your mind out there way out there turning the unknown into cures, culture, and connections with each step forward. So pack a bag, a notebook, and some sandals, and get ready to look far and think further. UC
1: San Diego. Learn more at ucsd.edu.